Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. It's day 754 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your Justice in Jeopardy update. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Justice in Jeopardy. I'm Mel Holly, and today's episode includes footage of interviews I did at Reawaken Tour in Nashville. And we've got Nick Searcy, as well as the writer directors of Died Suddenly. And we've got Iowa Mama Bear Kimberly. And it's, uh, it's a great show. I'll uh, check back in at the end of the show. Enjoy. Well, we've got Nick Searcy today with us, who is a filmmaker. And uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to be here. So you you are you were behind uh, Capital Punishment, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I produced it. Uh, Chris Burgard was the director, and I was the producer, and and I did all the work. He didn't do very much. Isn't that how it always goes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, let's see what he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're uh, we're working on a sequel to it now. I mean, Capital Punishment, for the most part, was about you know what happened on January 6th and what the FBI and the DOJ was doing to people who went there on January 6th and. And the sequel is going to be more about what the Justice Department and the judges, the legal system, because a lot of the people in our movie are now going to prison for misdemeanors, for nothing. And we're also talking to families of people who have been held without bond for for years. And, And I mean, I just want to get this in front of America because I can't believe that there's any American of any political stripe that would think this is the right way to treat these people. civil rights, human rights should never be partisan. No. And, and that's what we've seen in our country. Right. And it's like they think they they think that if they set this president that nothing will ever happen to them. Right. But you know, someday it might be the other party in power yeah. and it'll it's gonna happen to the other side, you know, and then even beyond all the self interest, the injustice of what's happening to these people is just infuriating and, and heartbreaking. And and I want to get that across to people. What inspired you to to just go focus on the, the J6 uh, travesty of justice that's going on? Was there something in particular? Or? Well, I was there that day. Right. I was there myself. And then the media didn't, what they showed me on the media, I didn't see anything like that while I was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so that's what inspired the first one. Okay. And I really didn't want to make the second one. <laughs> I was sort of... They, they were asking me to do it, the people who financed the first one, they were asking me to do it. I said, I don't know, we didn't, people don't care anymore, they didn't get the, they didn't care, you know, and, but what happened to me, I was in a, I was in a little store right before Christmas, I ordered something, I got home that night and somebody from the store texted me and said, Mr. Searcy, would you, would you call me back tonight, there's something about your order, and so I thought, what is it, you know, and, and I called the lady back. And she said, I didn't recognize your name at, at first, but I thought it sounded familiar. And my husband told me that you were the man who made capital punishment. And I said, oh, really? Where's your husband? And she said, he's, he's been in jail for 500 days. And it was like at that point I went, okay, God, I guess you are telling me that you want me to make this movie. you know? Because these people's stories are not being heard. The media is not doing their job. If this was happening on the other side, 
it would be a 24-hour-a-day vigil outside the homes of the people who were being held in prison by evil Donald Trump. Yes, yes. But since it's the Democrats holding these people in, business, in, in prison, there's, there's a media blackout on it. Yes. And so I, I just feel like if they're not going to do it, I guess I'll do it. We saw um, in 2020 and, and around that time, we saw politicians and, and people in the mainstream media calling for rising up, calling for violence in the streets. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, they were always pushing us. We, we noticed in our social media spaces right. uh, that there was sudden, like, you know, a push for violence. And, yeah. And they expected that, that, that the 2A people would... would you know, be rising up with our guns, and, right. and then we saw the the insurrection with no guns, with no weapons, two million people at the Capitol. You know, right. And also in the summer of love with the Antifa yes. and the BLM, the the Democrats were starting fundraisers. They were bailing these people out of jail yes. who had committed actual violence. Yes. So it's yeah. it's a terrific injustice, and you know, I'm I'm just. I'm doing everything I know to do, you know, and this is this is what I have to offer. I can make a movie about this and and talk to people about this, and and hopefully it'll do some good. We we actually have a, a peaceful <coughs> protest that was started by one of our J Sixers who is uh, who's out on bond, who's facing twelve charges now. It's, it's gone up with a couple superseding indictments uh, because of rejecting the pleas, and that's what they do. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to take our plea? Here, we're going to throw on more charges. Exactly. And so, because he was out on bond, and uh, he did not, uh, he felt like, why, God, am I not in there with these other guys? What can I do? Right. And he said that, that God put it on his heart uh, to uh, start, this is after he heard that they were singing the national anthem in there every night at nine from their cells, and, and this was in the summer of 2021, after he had right. been arrested, uh, that uh, he wanted to start a campaign called Hashtag Sing the Number Four Freedom. Yeah. And uh, so he started that campaign, and, and Trinis and, and Laura Logan have, have taken that up too, and they've, and they've had it, uh, led it at, at other uh, events. And uh, But this campaign is, is a peaceful protest, and that's the kind of thing that, that our side calls for, is that sort right. of thing, you know? Right. So it's a, it's a little different than uh, rise up and, and get violent in the streets. Right. Well, they want to they want to intimidate you into never protesting ever again. Don't ever protest them again, or what's happening to the people of January 6 will happen to you. That's the climate of fear that they're trying to spread, and we have to stop. We have to not be afraid. We have to we have to stand up and say no. This is wrong, and uh, you know I'm going to stand up for these people. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I, I, I fully believe that the only things that are going to end this is, you know, when we say no and we just keep shouting the truth from the mountaintops and, and not be afraid. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. that's what it's all about. That's the key. Because being afraid is what they want. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the whole plan. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you, Mel. Doing yeah. And uh, continuing to fight for us. Thank God you. Bless you. God bless you. Right. Joined you. today by Matthew and Nicholas. And they are behind the movie Died Suddenly, which just came out. Uh, excellent job, guys. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, can you give us a little background on, on how you you know got involved with that, how you decided to make that, that movie? Yeah, so I've been working with Matt for a little over three years now. And we collaborated on a film 
uh, that focused on the lead up to the vaccinations. And so we have a very solid understanding of what this plot even was in the first place. And so we had some predictions about what might happen if we were right. And our hypothesis was that the vaccinations were only for depopulation. They had no actual healing mechanism. They were not an experimental gene therapy. They're just a lethal injection. And they have different mechanisms for that. So we thought that if we were correct, that over the next nine months we would see a drop in fertility, an increase in cause mortality, and then people on camera dying. If it was actually as widespread as we thought. And all three of those things happened, and so we knew we had to start making guide settlements. So um, we didn't have that name originally. We, we tried a few different concepts, but when, when we started to see mainstream media reporting in the exact same way over and over again, we knew that that was going to be the, the hook into the matrix, was to call it guide settlements. Yeah, I know a lot of people were, were searching. On, on the internet for died suddenly in, in news stories. And of course you've got the, the naysayers. Oh, that's always been around. That's, that's, you well, you know. started seeing the hit pieces after the movie, right? Died suddenly hit pieces. But in between the hit pieces were actual people who had died suddenly. Right. So it was almost showing them that it's obvious what they were trying to do. They were trying to discredit the film, but in between their discrediting, they were actually died suddenly news articles in between the hit pieces. So, what's unique about this film that's different than other films in this genre of the kind of anti-vax film? And look, we're not pro-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, right? We never, we're not in the healthcare freedom movement. We're just in the movement of, we don't like tyranny, and we don't like uh, genocidal homicide, right? And what we saw, the people who were putting this together, like the mandates, the mask mandates at first, and then this rollout of a mass vaccination for the world. And we, the people we talked to, the experts, the most qualified people, they were having, oh man, this is not the way you deal with a pandemic. And then, what is this technology they're putting out there in mRNA? It's never been tested before on human beings. And this, and then they shut them up. They silenced them, like Peter McCullough and people like this. So we were like, there's something more devious going on than just a, maybe a ploy to make money because the people involved in this, they print the money. They don't need any more money. So then what did we do that was different? We, we answered the question then why? Why was this? Why was the media lockstep? All the countries were lockstep. And if you dared talk different about the, that narrative, you were cut and castrated. So ultimately, this looks like what they've always wanted. They think there's too many of me and you, and with the fourth industrial revolution, that means there's more robotics, more automation, and Joe at the burger shop is gonna be replaced by a digital burger maker, right? There's no room for Joe. So, what if there was a pandemic and we scared everybody into wanting something that would help with the pandemic? that actually we know now doesn't help with transmission or anything. But we do know it's killing people. Yes, we do. We do. You know, and I, from the very beginning of this, I, I thought it was very interesting that those of us who are strong-willed and, um, you know, are fighting for truth and are, are going to stand against tyranny, those are a lot of the people who are going to be left. 
and, and you, you got to wonder, did they even think that through? You know, they're... Well, Bill Gates did it because now he's putting it in meat. Yeah. He's putting vaccines into cattle. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that's where it's getting scary, and that's why we got to have our, our food freedom and our, yeah. you know, we definitely yeah. do, our own gardens and, and everything else. So, um, so you guys went directly to... Um, did you go to insurance companies and look at their stats? Did you go to, um, and you also went to um, well, morticians or embalmers? That's right. Yeah. yeah, we went to Alabama and met with Richard Hirschman. Uh, he's been embalming for 20 years. And he had a large network of embalmers that he opened the door up to us um, around the world. So, several other states and many other countries. And in addition to what they were seeing, um, you did mention insurance companies. Uh, Edward Dow has put forth a lot of data showing that um, there's been a 40% increase in all cause morbidity and mortality. Um, that they've never seen before, by the way. Yeah, they've never is, seen before. Which is four times greater than uh, a one in 200 year anomaly. So there was a actual real pandemic or a, a world war, you might see a 10% increase in our cause of the It's a 40% jump. Now, that's coming from insurance companies where they're defending their bottom line. Their interest is in saying that that number is as low as possible. They're not going to inflate that. Yeah, I've been wondering from the beginning how how are you going to have any insurance companies left? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I mean, but it's yeah. going to wipe out the whole industry. But Edward, Edward's looking at it through a financial aspect and spectrum because he deals with the market, with people on Wall Street, and they make money. And if they see that, they're betting on a lot of blessed people. So what does that look like? Well, they, they know more than we do, but they wouldn't be investing in certain things that show that there's going to be a lot less people. So what does that mean? Well, in the market, they know what that means. And they're investing and putting their money in there because it's a reality. Hey, there's no other way to put it. There's going to be a lot less people in the world. You're already seeing multiple countries with double-digit uh, birth declines. And that's within the last year. We're talking about mRNA doesn't leave your body. It right. stays in there. And it, we don't know what it's going to do. And we've got all these younger people who, who haven't even gotten into the you know, stage of wanting to have families yet or anything like that. You know? the, 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 the people who die suddenly and just have a heart attack, that's tragic, right? And it, it's very sad and we're seeing it over and over. The amount of miscarriages and fetal demises is the underlying uh, uh, horrific part of this. Because you don't see that headline, oh, Carolyn lost her baby. But Carolyn lost her baby, right? And there's not a headline that Carolyn's baby died suddenly. We have people that reach out to us who have three miscarriages in a fetal demise. It's not being talked about. Yeah, it's except for people like uh, uh, Jim Thorpe, Dr. Thorpe, who's in our film. He's such a brave individual. And we love, Everybody in our film is brave. I'll tell you that. Because we're just sharing what they're seeing. And they don't have to do that. They do it because a lot of them are Christian. And they have a moral obligation. And the ones who aren't on the spiritual spectrum, they still know something's wrong. And good for them for speaking out. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen these uh, companies, these uh, big pharma, you know, paying off 
doctor. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's so sad when you, when you go to your doctor that you've trusted for so long and they're pushing this on you and your kids. And, you know, I mean, that's why we're, we're having to seek other avenues for our, our health care bill because yeah. we just can't even trust it. Doctors in on Doctors are not trying to murder their patients. Doctors are as brainwashed as the 5.5 billion people who took the shot. Now, some percentage of people who took the shot, they were, they were pressured into it, they were forced. It still was their choice. But for the vast majority, I would say the little 65% of the world was absolutely pot committed to this belief that if they didn't take the vaccine, they have a high risk of death or disease. And that just goes to show you that the, the, the problem reaction solution, the problem that was carefully crafted, was a screenplay. You know, it was curated on the magic box that everybody sits in front of and watches all day. And it had no basis in reality. And now we have, what was it, the FDA or the... The CDC and the FDA. The recall? No, the, the, there was, I think it was the, maybe it was the NIH or something saying that they lied about their COVID death. How many COVID deaths? Oh, yeah. And that just came out. And so I was like, we're three years into this. And they're like, ah, oh, just kidding. They totally lied about how many people died. And it's like, that's why they got the vaccine. Because they didn't want to die. Well, now it turns out that the amount of people who died from COVID is basically undetectable, and the amount of people who died from the vaccine is uh, about 150% of the amount of people who died in the world too. Well, thank you so much for, for getting this work out. You know, I, it's so important for the, for the public to, to see this truth, and hopefully, you know, all of these little things reach, reach more and more of the public and wake more people up. And that's what the beauty of the film does. The film, yeah. it gives you a weapon to like, you can share an article, but what does that do? But when you see people drop dead and you see things taken out of bodies, it's more of a shock value, right? And so they use the media and films to push their propaganda. We use our talents as filmmakers to push truth. And uh, it's a big difference, but they're both, they, they both do something in a, in a massive way. Like, 30 plus million people have seen this film. There's a reason why. Because it helps equip them to say, hey, look at this. What do you say about this? Let's have a talk. Let's have a dialogue. A lot of people who took this shot have buyer's remorse, but they still want to believe it. Because they're dug in and say, well, I, I would have got it sick. Yeah, but what about Susie who died? She's not going to get sick anymore because she's dead. Um, you know, another thing we, we've been trying as, as an organization, Americans for Justice, is to get out the truth about what happened on January 6th. Um, and I understand that you were you there at the Capitol. Do you have a story you want to share about that day? Hey, <laughs> 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 the FBI's came to our house and, and we were very cooperating with them because, look, we weren't there, but we were new, we were journalists. We were there reporting on the rally, and we went to the Capitol. I got drugged into the rotunda by a Capitol Police, live on camera, and he, he saw the door close on me, and I'm like, <laughs> but But being there and witnessing that moment, it was surreal. It was like, and then how the media turned it into like an insurrection. 
and we were like, we were there. We saw people when that curfew came, everybody left in single file orderly fashion. That's not insurrection. No, no. That's just angry people at some injustice. An insurrection without without weapons. You know? Yeah. Only yeah. weapons were handed out inside, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, so, so they haven't pursued anything with you. No, uh, we were very cooperative. We yeah. gave them their film. Uh, we stopped someone from breaking a window, and they had a vegan mask on. Like, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you look at the footage, most of the of the violence. Is, is obviously not. Yeah, we stopped someone from breaking in the... Ke well, he broke in a... Uh, Mitch McClellan, who was it? Kevin McCarthy's off a window, right? And he's like smashing it, and he has a vegan mask on. And we're like, yo, what are you doing? You know? And like, the whole psyop of this, and we still don't know what really happened, right? But we do know that it was used as a weapon against people who are like pro-Trump, and like, like they use it against them, right? It's a fear and, and, and it's, uh, we don't know if we'll ever get the truth of that, but one thing for sure, there was righteous anger and a misjustice in our, in our voting system. Like, something happened that wasn't right, you know? And should they have stormed the Capitol? I don't know, because obviously it helped their side out, right? Like, that showing that anger. But there was that, there's, look, the Boston Tea Party happened over taxes of tea. How far have we forgotten that, you know? Like, uh, but I don't think violence ever sells anything. It just feeds into it more. Uh, but, you know, who knows how to fight back but by giving truth. And I think if we share truth with the people who are not seeing what we see in a constructive manner, maybe they'll start to open their eyes a little bit. And that's all we can hope for. Well, do you guys have any sort of a call to action for our listeners, for the American public? Yeah. I've suddenly got info. And you can watch the film there. It's been translated into 12 languages that you can see there. So if you have someone who speaks French or Ugandans or what, what <laughs> it got just translated something I never even heard of before. And, and we put it up there. So how many languages in the world? We Hopefully we keep filling that page. How many views do you have so far? Well over 40 million, but it's probably a lot higher than that. Yeah. It's so hard to trace the analytics beyond a certain point. On the Rumble page, it has like 16 plus million, but it's been translated in so many different languages, it's in so many platforms because it's free. And we want yeah, people. And, and people download. And oh, and we hopefully they yeah. do. Yeah. And there's watching parties, and look, it's meant for the people to consume and spread, and that's hopefully what it will do. Yeah. We're at day two of Reawaken Tour in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am joined by Miss Mama Bear that she is, Kimberly. Thanks for thanks for joining us yes, today. No problem. I love being on. So Kimberly has uh, really been fighting from the front lines with the uh, the schools, the school boards, and uh, you might recognize her from uh, a video that went viral where uh, she kind of stripped down in front of a, a school board to uh, give them a little taste of their own medicine. I so, sure did. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, so back in May of last year that our school board decided they were going to allow a drag queen show to happen in our school. Um, when I brought this to their attention, they claimed they didn't even know what was happening. 
but it was after hours, so somebody had to let them in that building. Somebody had to do something. So I went up to them, and I approached them and said, hey, why is this allowed in our schools? This guy had no background check, nothing. Well, they kept quiet, and they kept quiet for a long time. So that was at the end of May of last year, so then we didn't really get to... Uh, summer break was like a week later, so they kind of like, oh great, it's summer break, we're just going to brush it under yeah, the rug. Yeah. So August came around, we still haven't heard anything, and so this August started back there up at school. Well, but by the uh, 1st of October, we still haven't heard anything from the school about the drag queen show, how they were going to protect our kids, how they were going to make sure that um, people can't dress like that, how they were going to make sure that we weren't going to have that kind of breach of security again. Well, they didn't answer us. So I'm like, I need to make a bold statement. And how am I going to do that? And so I'm like sitting there contemplating one night. And in the middle of the night, I just wake up and I'm like, I have to dress like that guy. I have to show them what it's like. So God gave it to me in my heart saying, you know what? Do this, Kim, because this is what's going to make the impact. So I got dressed that day. I found an outfit exactly like the guy that wore it on stage, and I said, "Okay, we're gonna do this." I was shaking so bad. I can't imagine. I was so scared because I'm like, I'm fixing to expose myself to the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But you know, I knew it needed to be done because in order for the other side to see what was happening and how it made them feel, feel that's the only way I could do it. Yeah. And so, in the middle of my speech. I was grilling them about how they weren't protecting our kids and everything else. And in the middle of the speech, I stripped down and I walked up to them. They're not showing it everything to me how this 21-year-old man dressed the way he was was allowed into our school. Seems to me that a man who identifies with the LGBTQ community is not held to the same standards as me as a white woman who attended the Anthony Drive. Because this is wrong. 
And I hope to God this goes viral and people laugh at me for the outfit that I'm wearing today. Because they didn't like the doctor for it, they called him on. But that's wrong. No kid should have to be subject to this, and you guys should have to be subject to me wearing this. But the only way I think we can get through to you guys is by showing you exactly what you did. Tell us how they how they reacted. I mean, what did the looks on their face? What were the looks on their faces? They're like, oh, she's fixing to do this. <laughs> so it was great because like there was one lady in the corner, Amy, just looking down. Amy don't like me. Amy turned on Amy. I, she's one of the school, the original school board members. Okay. And she just looked down like. Uh, but I have to give them credit because they actually did listen. It felt like they were somewhat paying attention. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, we better say something now because this isn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, gratefully, they did come back out with a statement. Now, it wasn't the statement we were hoping for. They're just like, we've had a lot of negative um, attention for this. We just want to say that we took no part in it. Yeah. And that was about it. There was no apology. There was nothing that says we're going to make kids secure again. Nothing like that. So, my fight with them still not over. So I decided I was going to file a lawsuit against them. And so we filed another lawsuit against them. I'm doing a common law lawsuit because the, the system is broke. Right. The, so we have to go after them as I the woman or I the man and sue them in court that way. So we turned in our third notice right before we came here. Uh -huh. And we're hoping for a response. So if they give us a response, then we can we can be in honor with each other. We are, we're seeking remedy and they're not giving it to us. So if they don't have the response done by seven days, then we turn it over to claims court and we take them to court. And so that's what we're kind of hoping for. We're kind of hoping to get them in court because we want those questions answered. Yeah. And we want the world to know that this is not okay. We're not going to indoctrinate our kids anymore. And I'm going to keep fighting. And I'm going to keep coming up with ways to keep throwing this stuff back in your face. Yeah. It's kind of like um, the pornographic books. When we had the pornographic books in our school, yeah. I got gender queer taken out of my school because I made a huge poster of it. I'm a very visual person. That's how I learn. That's how I function. So when I can make pictures of stuff and let people see it, that's how they react. And so they got that. I got the book taken out. There's some other books that they're like, oh, no, it's okay. So what did I do? I printed them on my kids' shirts. I printed the words, I printed the pictures, whatever, and then you send your kids to school. And when your kids go to school and they get dress coded because it's not appropriate, then you turn around and say, if it's not appropriate for my kid to wear it on a shirt, why you, is it in the library? Why is it in the library? Yeah, so amazing. there's other tactics that we can use yeah. against them that will get their attention and get our point across. Yeah. Do you have, are you guys doing this pro se when you go? To, to court or are you do you have an attorney that's no nope, we're doing it as I'm the person I'm the woman okay. I stand as a woman nobody's representing me I'm not per se I'm there present pushing forth my claim wow and so we're not complaining we're putting up forth a claim which a claim means that we can back things factually and that's all it is there's no opinion because when I'm standing there and I'm telling my truth but the judge will ask you, do you swear to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yeah. You say no, because truth means opinion. Yeah. 
and you don't want the truth, you want what is true. And that's backed by verifiable claims. Now, now, is there a, a place where people can go to learn about doing this? TheSovereignWay.com is the TheSovereignWay.com? Yep, okay. TheSovereignWay.com is where I'm starting to learn from and from okay. a guy named David Roberts. Okay. And David Roberts is kind of um, a, a by here only, so like... He's like, if you hear about him, then you give him the number, and he'll, we'll put you in contact, because right, that's right. the way he works. So okay. we're trying to get him to see if I can get him to do a website, so I can yeah. like, go to his website. So I think we're getting there, but right now it's just word of mouth, uh -huh. and so we're, that's how we're networking. And, and have you had success doing it this way so far? This is our first lawsuit with that. Okay. okay. Well, you have to keep us posted on so how this goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Once we learn this process, yeah. when you go to Mama Bear Talk on Rumble, that's my channel. I'm going to teach everybody how to do this oh, that's for amazing. free. Yeah. Because that's how we're going to win this country back. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. We'll, de we'll definitely have to come. Have you come on this show and do like a whole episode? Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, so why don't you give a little background because I think the story is is uh, it's heartbreaking um, of, of how you got involved in fighting back with the schools. Yeah. So. What happened was, actually, my whole journey on this started in J6. I went to the original January 6th, and I was I was there just as a spectator, showing my support to the president. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I get a knock on my door from the FBI, asking questions, what was I doing? I'm like, you know, I'm just a spectator. Yeah. And given my husband's background, they're like, are you going to get any encrypted QAnon emails I'm like what are you talking about no yeah. and I'm like but I mean they knew everything I was doing yeah and yeah. so then after that I went to the capital of Iowa we were holding a rally up there to take mask off kids right and this hit my heart dear because my daughter was suffering from staph infection because of these masks we actually had to get her a medical exemption not to wear one in school mm -hmm. so when we got the medical exemption to take the mask off my child they segregated her. They literally put her on one side of the room compared to everybody else on the other side. Wow. And you can see those pictures on my website at iowamamabears.com and read the story about it because I've been speaking nationwide about this yeah. since it happened. Yeah. And so what they did when I first started protesting because they weren't listening to me, they decided that they were going to take my daughter into the principal's office the very next day after I protested and make her sit in there all morning long, all the while they're pushing her desk even further into the corner and putting plexiglass around it. Unbelievable. And she was only five years old. She had actually just turned six years old the day that we turned in the medical exemption and she was in kindergarten. Yeah. So she was basically treated as a leprosy and she was not allowed to participate in class so she fell behind. She's behind in reading, math, and writing. Um, she suffers more mentally yeah, and emotionally because she's we have a big family I have seven kids and she would come home and go straight to her room and I'm like one day she was crying I'm like Olivia what's wrong she's like I can't come near you mom I can't come near you and I'm like why and she's like because mom if I come near you I'm gonna kill you because I'm gonna give you COVID yeah and I'm like why would you give me COVID and she's like, because I can't wear the mask like everybody else. So the teachers in the school at Northeast Elementary in Ankeny, Iowa, were telling my child this. Yeah, they're brainwashing our and kids. They, they and sure you're not did. the first person that I've 
I've heard say that that happened with their child coming home and, and being brainwashed in that way and, and scared to death. You yeah, know? and I mean, and that's the kind of thing that she had to deal with. And so then I decided, you know what, enough's enough. I filed a lawsuit with an attorney on that one to go after them for violating her First Amendment rights because they punished her because of what I did. Yeah. And yeah. when she came home crying that afternoon, telling me that they put her behind this glass wall, she's like, Mom, it was this big? And I could see out of it, but I couldn't move and nobody could come near me. And I knew what happened, so I called Miss Ryan at Northeast and I said, why didn't you do this to my daughter? And she's like, we thought she was protesting. I'm like, so you punished my kid because you thought she was protesting because she didn't want to wear a mask that she doesn't have to. And she's like, that's just what we did. This is the rules. And she's like, we only did it for that one day. And so Mama Bear Claus came out and I said, I'm done. I'm done. And I went on the Clay Park tour, started speaking out about it. We got the ear of our state reps, and our state reps is like, hey, we need to have you at the Capitol again to tell your story. Because I told it in, in January of 2020, I think it was 2020, 21. It was right, in, right when COVID hit, yeah. right after January 2020. 6th. 2020, yeah. Oh, well, no. We, we started COVID at the beginning of 2020, right? Yes. And then, and then J6 was 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. that's what it was, 2021. Yeah. I mean, it's all like... I can't no, it all starts to run together, right? It does. I mean, I'm like, was that two months ago or three years ago? I know, point, I can't you know? remember anymore. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's now eight. Yeah. And so it seemed like forever ago, but I mean, yeah. and she still has that emotional Oh, I'm sure. Trauma. I have no doubt. I have no and doubt. And so I pulled yeah. her out of school. I decided to homeschool her. I'm like, mm-hmm. she can't you. be in that. She yeah. can't. Uh, but by the grace of God, my, my in-laws are helping us put them in private school. Good. So they are now getting Because she missed that. She misses that interaction with people. Yeah. Yeah. She really wants to be with other kids. She yeah. really wants to see them and be around them. Because she didn't have that for the first two oh, years sure. in school. Yeah. And so I want her to learn how to interact with people. Yeah. Because right now she's so secluded. Yes. And so I'm going to keep fighting for my daughter, for everybody else's good. Even though my daughter's not in public school anymore, yeah. I'm still fighting against them because they need to stop what they're doing. Yes. It's wrong. It it's is. It's demonic. It and is. if we don't stop them... And those are the peers of our children. Yes. We always have to remember that, that even if we, we do not have our children present in some kind of atmosphere, whether it's a public school or, or whatever it is, these are the peers of our children. This is what they are... This is what their generation is going to be, who they're going to be marrying, who who they're going to be friends with, and you know. So yeah. it's we we got to always keep that in mind. It's it's the future of our country. You know? Yeah. And that's why I continue to fight. So I mean, if people want to support me, you can go to MamaBears.com. We have a little donation link if you want to support us. Um, we have merchandise, freedom over fear. That's what we always sell. Awesome. Um, because you got to have freedom over fear. Yes. Because 100%. if we don't, yeah. we're going to lose our I'm going to be getting me some of that. Is that yes. We're in the vendor That's booth? Okay, I'm going to be getting me some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about, about your day at, at the Capitol in J6? Oh, uh, that was awesome. Like, So I'm not a political person, so I know nothing that I was walking into. But it was amazing. Like, I went with my friend. Um, her name was Darcy. She was there. She's a true patriot. She knows inside and outs of everything. And she's yeah. like, Kim, do you want to go to J6 with me? I'm like, oh, yeah? This is awesome. And I had just started learning more about Trump, and we were doing Trump trains. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So we went, and we met up with several groups that were there. 
or stayed down by the Washington Monument 90% of the day. I mean, we started at like 5 a.m. Yeah. And we went until like 5 or 6 o'clock that night. You yeah. Know? And yeah. it's just, it was such a memorable thing because yeah. it was so peaceful. People were praying for Beautiful. each other. They were yeah. singing. They were having a great time. And then you see the media trend twist all that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not what happened. Yeah, that was the most shocking thing to me is after I left the Capitol to go home, which was about three, um, when I, I had posted only one picture on Facebook, on my personal Facebook, and I turn on the radio on the ride home, and I'm like, whoa, wait, this isn't, this isn't what I experienced. Right. What are they saying? And I was like, oh, and I just went and immediately removed that from Facebook because I said, this is being twisted. It is. Yeah. I went live quite a few times throughout the whole event. Yeah. And so when I walked up to the Capitol, I actually walked by Ashley. Her and I had a small conversation. We were dressed kind of the same. Yeah. And so it was amazing because I didn't know who she was at first. She was just sure. another patriot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're kind of dressed alike. This is awesome. She's, and I just remember her saying, I'm Ashley. You know, and she's asked me who I was because we were in a group and we just walked up to the Capitol. And like there was, I don't know how to explain it, but there was like um, the bear case where at the, at the bottom where all the cops were, I was like one step, one tier back. Okay. Um, right by the grass and stuff. But I mean, we're all there singing Kumbaya and all, all yeah. this stuff. And then all yeah. of a sudden, tear gas starts going. I know. Flash bombs start going yeah. I mean, I was within like 10 feet of a guy that actually had a heart attack because of a flash bomb. And were I remember you, were people. Were you near, like, uh, Benjamin Phillips or, or Kevin Grayson? Um, I was one of them. I was closer to JR. Um, he's a guy from Idaho. Okay. I can't pronounce his last name. It starts with an M. And he ran for Congress. He's okay. a guy that made had Trump in his front yard. He made uh -huh. his whole yard Trump. Yeah. Because they didn't want his Trump flags up. Yeah. And so we were with his group. So we we're like, there's a scaffolding over here, and then they had a tall scaffolding on the side. Right. So we we're just down in that little area, and that guy, like I said, was so close. And I'm like, Look, I can watch him do CPR on him, and then they hauled him out. Yeah. And I'm just like. Holy cow, why? Why? Like, nobody was trying to break the barriers. Right. Nobody was trying to get through. Right. But then I have pictures of people that have full gas mask on, that had helmets on. And, like, now going back and looking at the pictures that I have, I'm like, holy cow, that was totally set up yeah. to be that way. I remember thinking, wow, these, what are these people doing with gas masks here? Right. It never crossed my mind that we were going to be in a situation I like that. Idea. You know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. So I've never been in a situation like that, ever. Yeah, yeah. So I had no idea what I was walking into, nothing. The only thing I had in my backpack was some toilet paper. Because <laughs> yeah. people were like, you might not find the bathroom. So I had toilet paper and, like, hand warmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I see people have, they have gallons of milk. And I'm like, why do they have milk? Wow. Come to find out. Yeah, for you. That's when you have yes. pepper spray. Yes. Milk helps that. And I'm like, okay, nobody's just going to walk to this thing and just have milk on hand. Right, That's just right. Weird. Yeah. So it was little things that started like that, that started sticking out to me. Like, why did they have that? And I have a picture of a guy actually putting on his gas mask. And I took a picture of like, can I take a picture? And he's like, yeah. And he put it on. And I'm just like... I just thought it was kind of cool that he had the mask at the time. Yeah. But then now I'm like, you had that for a reason. Like, who are you? Yeah. 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 Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's just crazy how they're treating us like 
I mean, me and my husband got into some serious fights after that because he's like, you're a domestic terrorist. And I'm like, because Biden called me one? Okay. Yeah. So I say I'm a domestic terrorist because I've gone to J6 and I'm up against our school board. Yeah. And those and are the I mean, two places. Those are the two big fights. So yeah. And I mean, if, that's if, they awesome that you're doing me a, both. Yeah. if they want to call me a domestic terrorist because I go to the school board meeting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, aim it. I'll wear it proudly. Like, whatever. Amen. Because, I mean, we have to take back our words. They want to call us domestic terrorists. They want to call us right-wing extremists, whatever. Own it. Because if we own it, they don't. Yeah. It's, and, just, yeah. it's just words. And, you know, they're they're retaliating against us. Like like you talked about the retaliation, yeah. you know, that you saw in the schools for, for standing up. Um, and, it, and it reminds me of what we're seeing um, with our J6ers. So... So the ones that are that are in the jails uh, that are being detained, mostly yeah. pre-trial, if we do something or if or if they do an interview or put out an article or we do something, have a rally in D.C. or whatever, they do things to the guys inside, like put cleaning fluids in their foods or or move them around, separate them, throw them in solitary, um, and then also. Uh, the people who are um, who are charged, they if they say no to a plea deal, they do they'll do like another superseding indictment and throw on more charges. They're like, you're not going to take our plea deal. We're going to make it worse, and they do it like that. I mean, it's, it's just blatantly obvious it's that it's retaliation. And it's sick that our government is allowing this to happen to their own people. Yeah, yeah. Well, our government is the, is, is, is the doing problem. it to it's our own people. I yeah. always say. If, this was happening in another country. Yeah, America would have started war with that country. Oh because yeah, that's, oh that's yeah, that's scary. so true. So and true. We would have been over there like, you can't treat your people like this. You can't yeah. do this. Yeah. But yet we're allowing it to happen on our own soil by our own people who are supposed to be protecting us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have a call to action for for our <laughs> listeners and for Americans? I do. I say always go to, get involved as much as you can. Go to your school board meetings. Go to your city council meetings because. It starts locally, you guys. Local action has national impact. I ended up getting six seats overturned the last election in my town just by being vocal. We got one city mayor, two city council members, and three school board members all overturned because we were speaking out bringing the darkness to light. So go to these meetings. You don't have to have kids in school to attend. Dress alike. That's my biggest thing. Dress alike. Show unity because they want us separated. They want us away from each other yeah and so if we can come together and show that we are standing for one another they're gonna back down because they're the biggest bullies ever yeah, but are. when you confront them and you start pointing out what they're doing mm -hmm. they run yeah. and I've yeah. seen it time and time again and yeah. so I say go to your school board meetings get involved as much as you can with your city council talk to your state representatives and just try to get your voice out there to be heard if you go to my website iwillmamabears.com Towards the bottom of the page, I have a five-step simple rules of what you can do to get involved and how to get involved. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for thank all you, you do and you continue to do. Keep fighting <laughs> on the front so lines. Much. Thanks so much, everybody, for being here today. We'll be back tomorrow, as always. And don't forget, you can watch the live stream of the DC Gulag Vigil nightly, every night, 7 to 9.30 p.m. You can find that via our website, a4justice.org. You can find it on our YouTube channel, Americans for Justice, as well as on the YouTube channel and Rumble channel of Freedom Express Media. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And remember to always 
be bold and speak the truth. If you'd like to help us support J6 families as they're released from jails and prisons, please check out the Elijah Fund. You can find that on our website, a4justice.org slash T-E-F. Americans for Justice, Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated. We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.